you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. Double dose of the pod this week. We're back to bring you part two of our roster reset series where we go in-depth on the offseason moves and draft needs of all 32 teams around the league. And today, we're going in on the NFC East and West squads. On yesterday's episode, we tackled the North and South, which you should listen to as well if you haven't already available wherever you are getting your podcast. NFL Media's Bridget Condon and Jim Trotter are with us today to break it all down. All right, looking at the NFC West here, guys, home to the Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams, but also home to drama when it comes down to how this division is usually settled. You know, before we had 18 weeks, it was usually settled in week 17. It was settled in week 18 this year with the Rams and the 49ers and uh, expect the Seahawks perhaps to to be back into the mix, certainly the Cardinals as well here. But, uh, Jim, as you look at this division, I mean, is there any reason to believe that this is not going to come down to the very end once again to decide who's on top in this division? No, it's such a competitive division outside of the um, AFC West. uh, I would say that it may be the most competitive division top to bottom. The thing that's fascinating to me about the NFC West actually is just we talk about how it's a quarterback driven league. And really, there's only one team in the NFC West that that's settled at quarterback, if you will, or doesn't have the big question marks. You know, the 49ers, we know or we believe strongly they're going to go to Trey Lance this year. Um, You know, in terms of Arizona, the question is, can Kyler Murray take that next step and begin to lift his team, particularly late in the year? And then in Seattle, we still don't know who it is. As much as they say they love Drew Locke, is he going to be the guy? So it's interesting to me that in this division, there's only one team, and that's the defending Super Bowl champion that has some uh, the least amount of questions, if you will, at the quarterback position. And Bridget, how do you see the division uh, playing out here after watching, you know, the 49ers and Rams kind of go at it uh, this year to decide who won it last? 
Yeah, I think it all came down, like you mentioned, to that last game. And we all, the 49ers, for whatever reason, have a leg up on the Rams going back uh, the past like six games that they've played each other. I think it'll be a battle again. You know, we thought this year the Rams were definitely going to beat them. And that was one of those games that tripped them up the first time they played. Um, I do think that the Rams have a little more stability, as you were mentioning, Jim because they're getting back Matthew Stafford. They have Cooper Cup. They have that chemistry on offense that a lot of these teams, we don't know if it's going to exist when we come to this season. Kyler Murray has been a huge question mark. What's going on with him? Like you mentioned, can he take this team to you know win the division? And Drew Locke, is, I just don't see him the answer for Seattle. Um, and Trey Lance, you know, I don't know if he can bring it. I, I just think the Rams have that leg up right yeah. now, even though they did they did lose some some key pieces. You know, sure. you know what's fascinating to me is that we talk about Drew Locke, and I remember having the conversation with John, John Schneider, um, you know, after that deal was made, and I said to him kind of what Bridget said, I, I don't see Drew Locke being the answer. And John seemed almost, I don't want to say offended, but really surprised. How dare you, Jim? I, I know <laughs> that, that you know. I, w- I would have that that feeling. And and look, the thing they're resting on with Drew Locke is that his first year in Denver, he played in in a similar system. And when he played late in the year, he went four and one. Um, I think he had seven touchdowns, three interceptions, something like that. And so their belief and and Drew's belief is that not that he's going to hit the ground running, but that there is a greater comfort level in this offense and he has had success in it in the past. And we know that Pete is going to try and run the ball and not throw it as much as Russell did. They also believe that Drew is going to be better in terms of timing in the passing game. One of the criticisms of Russell in Seattle privately was that he held on to the ball too long looking for the big play. But defense is going to pick up on that at some point if that's what they're doing. And they're going to start taking away those quick passes. And then the question becomes, what can Seattle do offensively? Because Russell was such a master yeah. at, at escaping the rush, evading the pressure. Can Drew Locke do that as well? We'll find out. Okay, guys, since we're talking about the Seahawks there, and we've kind of divided this division up between you guys and Bridget, I want you to focus in on the Seahawks here for us as we look back on their offseason moves, look, which you know are always going to be headlined by the fact that they traded Russell Wilson away. How does that factor into a grade that you would give the Seahawks for what they've done the last few weeks? Can we give them an F? I don't think so. Um, I don't, I'm not going to be that hard, but I think Woo! the whole yeah, what they've done in the offseason is is headlined by DK Metcalf Metcalf's uh, diet of candy. Like that that shot them up a little <laughs> bit in uh, in my ranking. Put them up. I'm going to give it. them a C plus for what they've done um, this offseason. Of course, Russell Wilson leaving their franchise quarterback, Pete Carroll says, we're not rebuilding. So when I look at the Seahawks, I think, how are you not rebuilding when you just let go of the only quarterback that we've known as a Seattle Seahawk? Um, I think they did make some moves. They brought in uh, the linebacker from the Chargers, DeWosu. I know you said, Jim, that even their GM had a, had trouble saying his name, so I apologize if I'm saying it wrong. I think that's an underrated move that, you know, he, of course, Bobby Wagner, we haven't even talked about that. They they let Bobby Wagner go the way that they let him go. He talked this week on when he was introduced by the Rams and said they didn't even call him. Um, you know, that left a bad taste, I think, in a lot of people's mouths. Um, but, you know, Ken Nuosu filled that hole at linebacker. 
Um, Drew Locke, I don't, again, I don't see him as the answer at quarterback. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do. They do have, what, two first-round picks, one first-round pick at number nine. And will they go with a quarterback? Can they take, is a Malik Willis still on the board at number nine? Can they take a quarterback who can compete with Drew Locke? To me, whoever they take, if they take a quarterback, I don't think this is somebody that is going to make you know, immediate impact on Seattle this season. I think they're more planning for 2023 with whoever this is, but it is still someone to get into practice to have competition with Drew Locke and, you know, maybe elevate the game there. Um, some of the good things they did, they re-signed Rashad Penny on the running back. I, again, I think there's a lot of questions. It'll be interesting sure. to see when the draft comes in a couple of weeks. I think quarterback, offensive tackle, yeah. and cornerback are holes that I see this roster needing to fill. Yeah, there you go. And, and look, I, I think it's rare that you see a team lose their franchise cornerstone on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball in the same offseason, which the Seattle yeah. Seahawks uh, certainly done here, finishing last place in the division. Very unfamiliar spot for Pete Carroll's crew um, in his tenure as the head coach. Let's move then up in ascending order in the division here and go with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, of course, found their way into the postseason late, ten and seven as the final record there, and then uh, even advanced into the playoffs, of course, as well with that win over the Dallas Cowboys. And now, perhaps getting ready, Jim, to turn the reins over to Trey Lance uh, as their starting quarterback with all the Jimmy Garoppolo trade rumors. How do you evaluate what they've done this off season here these last few weeks? Are, are you asking for a grade? Sure, give me one. Oh, I, it's incomplete. <laughs> um, because for me, everything, so many things revolve around what they do with Jimmy. So having, they did not plan on having Jimmy on the roster this late into the off season and the expectation that he would be gone, that his salary would be removed from the cap and that they could then proceed with trying to do extensions for Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa. And everything has kind of been held up now because of that. Um, so that's why I give it an incomplete. Once Jimmy is gone, then they'll be better positioned to address those extensions that they know and want to do. Having said that, I think um, they went out and they got a young cor- cornerback in Jadarius Ward, and that was a position of need for them. Um, I still say defensively, they need more help up front in terms of edge rush. They, you know, D Ford has been injured every year but one that he's been there and they've got to find a compliment for Nick Bosa and I think that they look in the draft for that because there are some some folks there uh, and it's considered to be a deep draft there short of that everything in San Francisco is going to going to come down to quarterback play and Trey Lance I do believe will be that guy that was the plan to have him play this year and year two and the question becomes, how quickly does he come along? And at this point, we just don't know. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, certainly, uh, you know, you don't you don't take a guy number three overall, you know, to stash him forever. So when you've uh, given up what they gave up, too. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. And uh, look, this is a team, you know, that we felt like was in a pretty good spot roster wise, you know, last year, even before they went and took, you know, Trey Lance. So, you know, yeah, this too, Red. For them, it, it's their roster is, is solid, if not loaded. Right. So for them, the last few years, it has always come down to health in terms of how they play. 
You go back to last year and you see the emergence of Debo Samuel. It wasn't necessarily out of creativity by the staff. It was out of necessity because the running back position was depleted because of energy, uh, because of injuries. You look at the changes on the defensive line that were made. It was not because of of creativity. It was because of necessity, because of injuries. So if they can just stay healthy, they have a roster to compete for um, a spot in the Super Bowl. As we know, last year they went to the NFC Championship game and and were very close to advancing. So this team is not far away um, at all in terms of getting back to the Super Bowl as it was, what, two, three years ago, whatever it was. It seems like a lifetime ago, but um, at this point they all run together. (laughs) <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, Bridget, let's come back to you here with the defending Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. Uh, and um, as uh, as you were mentioning there, you know, we, we talk about a team that, you know, that lost uh, Von Miller, you know, who was a big part of their postseason success, certainly, and, and their success the second half of the season, but did bring in Allen Robinson. How do you grade what they did this offseason? I'm going to give them a B plus. I think there weren't a ton of splashy moves from the Rams, but I do think that they filled some holes that left Von Miller leaves. They bring in Bobby Wagner. I think that was a really smart move both for on the field and in the locker room. I think those two guys kind of bring similar veteran style, you know, support that some of this younger team needs in the locker room. Um, Letting go of Robert Woods was really hard to see such a great guy, such a great player. Of course he was injured last season. Um, Allen Robinson though, I think that was a great pickup on, for them, I think they have one of the strongest wide receiver cores, and we still don't know what's happening with Odell Beckham Jr., right? It seems like they might still want to pursue him. Uh, I know he's dealing with the torn ACL and, and recovering there. That's a question mark. We did find out this week that Aaron Donald will be back, which is huge for them because there was talks. You know, he just put his Calabasas house up, which is really nice, by the way, if you haven't seen it. it put it up for sale. So there was questions about if he's retiring, but um, I think he's ready to run it back. I think the thing is, the biggest question for me is, can they repeat, right? The last time that happened for two teams to win back-to-back Super Bowls was, I think, 0405 with the New England Patriots. It's not very common. And I think the biggest struggle or the Achilles heels for the Rams will be their depth, specifically on the offensive line. When we get into week 10, week 12, you know, we're, players are really banged up do they have enough depth there to support them if somebody gets injured I think that's a position in the draft that they need to look at along with edge and cornerback um but I do think they have all the pieces I just think they need to make sure that line is there to support Matthew Stafford right he's always better when he's standing up on his two feet than than on the ground Absolutely right. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more there. Let's finish this uh, this grading of the offseason moves in this division, Jim, with the Arizona Cardinals. How do you see it? Yeah, Red, I think right now I would give them a C minus. Um, and, and, and you could say that's being generous. Um, look, they, they've got some major issues, in my opinion. You know, number one, if you look offensively, I think they, they continue to need to want to upgrade the offensive line. Number two, wide receiver. We saw what happened when D-Hop went down last year, how that impacted Kyler. Um, His play truly fell off. And so if they stay healthy, you say, okay, you've got hot, you've got um, uh, more, and you think maybe you're okay. I don't think they have enough there. But my biggest concern for them is defensively. Chandler Jones, their all-time sacks leader, is gone. And the question becomes, 
who is going to to pressure off the edge? Now, we know Marcus Golden had what led them in sacks last year. But yeah. part of that is because Chandler Jones <laughs> occupied the minds and the game plans of so many defensive coordinators. Protections were slid in his direction. Who's going to bring that element now to free up other guys? J.J. Watt, as much as we love him, and as great as he was in his prime, has shown he can't stay healthy. And so I don't know where it's coming from. Now, I know they feel good. They went out and got a corner in free agency, and so they kind of feel like that's their draft pick at that position. But they also need more help in the secondary. So I look at all that they've lost, and I say I don't think that they've replaced those players. You know, it was big that they re-signed uh, James Conner, who was one of the better goal line um, players last year, running backs last year. But you lose a Chase Edmonds, who was tremendous for them when he was healthy. Um, offensively, at wide out, you lose Christian Kirk, um, who was an ascending player and a guy that you spent, what, a number three on, I believe. Um, so normally when you spend or when you use draft capital on a one to three, and, it's, and he's an ascending player. Those are guys you want to keep. They're supposed to be the nucleus and foundation going forward. Well, he's gone now. So I just think they have a lot of questions. To me, they tried the Rams formula last year in terms of going out, getting veterans, Defense. making that run, whether it was J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, all these types of players, and it didn't work out for them. And so now it's kind of like, what now? And I'm intrigued to see what they do. Uh, I I am too. And so with that, then let's go dig a little bit deeper into some draft, I don't know, priorities. Need is always a difficult question when it comes to the draft, right? Because every GM will tell you they're just going to take the best available player. Um, So let's start with the Cardinals, uh, Jim, who, you know, as they sit there in the first round, could have some real options. You know, maybe is it best available edge rusher, you know, that's there for them at that pick in the 20s? No question, the Cardinals need to address edge rushers, we just said. And then I think after that, the priority should be um, either line. To me, football teams are built inside out. And so I would look O-line or D-line at that point. Yeah, I think that's a great a great spot. I, I'd love to see a player like Boye Mafe, edge rusher out of Minnesota, if he's there at 23 when the Cardinals are on the clock. Uh, you know, if that fourth tackle is there, Trevor Penning, you know, maybe from Northern Iowa, um, as you mentioned, some of those potential positions of interest there for the Cardinals at 23. All right, Bridget, you touched on it briefly there with the Seahawks at nine. Really interesting spot for them. Is it quarterback, you know, to develop behind Drew Locke or, you know, what, is, is there another position that you could see of interest there? You know what? I'm mad that I didn't even bring up when we first talked about the Seahawks. I think it's still too early. Like I, I, my brain is not fully functioning. <laughs> what if Baker comes on the table, right? That's oh a possibility that we haven't talked about. Can the Seahawks find a way to get Baker Mayfield? I think he would be a good fit for them at quarterback. And if that were to happen though, I think maybe if that does happen, it happens after the draft. Say it happens before the draft. Of course, don't go for a quarterback at number nine. I think there are some good um, offensive tackles in this class. Uh, Ike Aquanu, I covered at NC State. If he's still there at nine, I'll be shocked. But I think he would be a great fit in the Seahawks program. Um, Yeah, so I think it's going to depend what they're able to do. Also, there was talk, you know, I think there's still some talk about, you know, Metcalf, if they, if it, you know, they said that they don't want to trade him or whatever, but if the right deal was in there, 
what could they get from for him? Um, that'll be interesting to see too. And then cornerback, I think that's another position. I don't know that they should go for a cornerback at nine, um, but that's yeah. why I'm not a GM, I guess. That's <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, so look, I, and the Rams and the 49ers guys don't have first round picks. We won't see the 49ers until number 61 uh, Rams overall. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a, there, you know, just another chance for the 49ers to get some good football players to, to continue, you know, to bolster their depth. And then for the Rams, you know, I, maybe, maybe in the third round there at number 104 overall, there's a couple of edge rushers that they like. Perhaps it's, uh, you know, a guy like, Myjay Sanders, you know, out of Cincinnati or D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky uh, there in that range uh, that are there. So um, it's a great point that you make in terms of the Rams not having first round picks and their ability still to win a championship. And I think a lot of how they do it. Yeah, you have to give a lot of credit to Les Snead and and their scouting department because they have hit on so many of those mid round and late picks and turn them into productive players and whatnot. If you're going to if you're going to try and follow the blueprint that the Rams used in terms of going all in and getting these veterans and that sort of thing. You better have some young, inexpensive talent who perform. And they do. And and again, I think we should tip our our caps to um to less need in that scouting department. Yeah, Les and his crew has been as good on day two of the draft, rounds two and three, as any team in football. Uh, And they've had to be without a first-round pick uh, for the last decade. So uh, with that said, uh, we are going to switch gears here and get to our final division in the NFC. We're talking NFC East right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, 
fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. All right, back here on NFL Inside Report with our NFL media colleagues, Jim Trotter and Bridget Condon. We've talked NFC West at the top of the show, now shifting our focus to the East. Always hotly contested in this division. Not necessarily um, the team with the uh, w- that ends up winning the division doesn't necessarily end up with uh, one of the best records in the NFC, as we've seen in recent years. But let's see how it shakes out this year as uh, we... Look at these four teams and look, I think uh, one of the biggest, you know, the, the question is, are the Cowboys still the favorite to come out of the NFC East after kind of being that team the last two years? I know they didn't win back in 2020, but were one of those teams we thought could. Obviously, the injury to Dak Prescott, you know, played a big part of that, but they get back to the top uh, this past season. So as you look at it here, Jim, um, is this the Cowboys division at this point? No, not at all. Um, I think they actually took a step back this offseason. You know, when you lose an Amari Cooper, they've still got to show me the C.D. Lamb is number one. Um, yep. When you lose out on Randy Gregory, who's going to be that compliment? Who's going to be that other guy up front to really get it done with Demarcus Lawrence? They're just There are just some questions that I have, and as that offensive line gets older, I'm not sold on the Cowboys, and I think the Eagles – um, if Jalen Hurst does take that next step mm-hmm. with all of the draft capital they have, with the fact that they were not that far out of it last year in terms of that division, right? Uh, I think I would keep my eye on the Eagles more than I would the Cowboys, although we know the Cowboys are going to generate all the headlines and the coverage. Um, but I, yeah. I would look at Philadelphia. And we'll get it to your grade for the Cowboys offseason here in just a moment. But, Bridget, uh, as you look at this, uh, does it still feel like the Cowboys division to you? I think this is one of my favorite divisions just because it's always such a scramble. And, like, what was it, a couple of years ago when no one, nobody was winning? And it's like, you have to pick a winner from this division. How? Because all the teams were so bad. Um, I don't, I kind of agree with, with, Jim, I think, and I'm going to say something a little crazy here. I do agree that if Jalen Hurts, you know, pulls together that the Eagles team can be really good. I also, this is going to sound absolutely insane and people are going to come for me. I am a fan of the Giants new GM. And I do believe that he made a couple like very intelligent moves during this off season. What can he do, you know, with their draft picks during the draft I don't think we've seen Daniel Jones play his best football. I might have a little bias. I covered him at Duke, but I don't know. Like I would love to see a total turnaround. I don't think it's going to happen. This is me being super optimistic, but there are some pieces that they get an O-line fixed. Can they make a splash? I don't know. 
Yeah, look, I think that's a that's a fair point. I mean, look, when the owner comes out and says we've done everything possible to screw up our quarterback, um, <laughs> you know, you'd like to you'd like to see them now do the opposite and put him in a position to succeed, and perhaps then we see him thrive. One way or another, I feel like we're going to know a lot more about where the Giants feel about uh, Daniel Jones uh, when this season is over, and we'll get your grade on the Giants here in just a moment, Bridget. Uh, but let's go back to where we left off, uh, Jim, at the top of this division last year with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, disappointing early. Exit from the playoffs as a result of the 49ers coming into AT&T Stadium and getting the win there. But how would you, you know, you kind of touched on all the departures then. What kind of grade does that translate to for the Cowboys offseason? How corny can I be here, right? How about a big D? It's too early. It's too early. I'm sorry. You know, um, I haven't had my coffee yet, but then I don't drink <laughs> coffee. So, um, but anyway, no, I give them a D, right? I just, I, I don't get some of the moves that, that they've made. Um, letting in Amari Cooper go, uh, I know he was at 20 mil a year, but as we've seen in the wide receiver market now, that's almost becoming a bargain. The guys that they are now going to rely on in that passing game, I'm not certain that, that they're true number ones yet. And you can go back and watch the film and see times that Amari was open and Dak didn't get him the ball for whatever reason. So that's why we heard Amari kind of speak out some last year, which was so out of character for him. I'm not buying into Dallas at this point. I'm really not. Um, The other thing that, that bears watching there is the way that Jerry Jones has handled this coaching situation. You know, he in so many words has said to Mike McCarthy, I don't have full confidence in you. Yes, you're my coach, but Dan Quinn is the one that Jerry made a point of saying, I want to make sure he's here in 2022. And then we have the whole Sean Payton thing hanging over everyone's head beyond this season. So I just think there's too much inner turmoil, if you will, and questions that I can't I can't buy into it. Let's then move uh, Bridget to the Washington Commanders, who, as we all remember, won this division back in 2020 and came pretty close to knocking off the eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks. Did not go as well this past season for Ron Rivera's crew. And this offseason marked by the big trade for Carson Wentz. How do you grade their moves? So I wrote down C, but I might have to give him a C plus because while we forget they also got a name this offseason. So congrats to the commanders. Um, the Carson Wentz move puzzles me. Uh, from what I've read and, you know, we've reported on NFL Network, I do believe they were trying to push for Russell Wilson and that came up short. But then you go and get Carson Wentz. A, I, is he an upgrade over Taylor Heineke? I don't know. He ended the season five straight games, less than 230 passing yards. I don't think he's the answer. I think the commanders too have had this spot at quarterback that they have not been able to address over the past couple of years. It kind of haunted Ron Rivera. You know, he's dealt with the same thing in Carolina and then felt like he came You're talking about the ghost of Kirk Cousins haunting the commanders. (laughs) Is that what we're talking about here? Okay. I think that's what we're talking about. Um, I think that, you know, they do have some, some good pieces. They were able to bring back, um, you know, some stars on offense, but you're going to need, you're going to need a quarterback who can throw to some of these players like Terry McLaurin. And I don't see Carson Wentz being the answer, being the guy that can win the division for Washington. 
Yeah, that's a big part of it, right? Uh, but if you're the commanders, you better go all in on it, right? I mean, you spent the two and a three to go get him, so let's figure out a way to support him. Uh, we'll see if we can do that. But with like, a, can you uh, support him if you're in the locker room, Rhett? Uh, you better. I mean, like, you got no other choice here at this point, but I understand your point. Um, you know, the way that the Colts talked about his departure there, it does make you wonder. Uh, let's move, Jim, to the Philadelphia Eagles and a grade that you would give Howie Roseman for some of the moves that he's made here. Uh, B plus. And the only reason it's not an A is because I want to see what they do with their draft capital. Um you know, first of all, they were able to re-sign the players that they wanted to bring back, which is so important in the NFL, I believe. Um, too many times we think the unknown is, is, is more valuable than the known. And when you have players who have performed for you, you know what they're about. They understand the culture of your organization, your locker room, et cetera. Um, I think it's important to maintain some sense of continuity. So I like that they've done that in terms of restructuring some of the guys to bring them back. And then making the trade to give away one of the, the or trading one of their three first round picks for more draft capital next year um, in terms of another first round pick next year and beyond, I think was just smart. Um, so when I look at all the moves that, that Howie Roseman has made, I'm, I'm all in on this that I think uh, it's a B plus and potential A depending on how they use their draft capital. And the fact that they were able to turn one of their first round picks, essentially one of their three first round picks this year into a future one, a future two in an additional third round pick this year. Really nice work kind of move, maneuvering around uh, the draft board here with that trade they made with the New Orleans Saints. Let's finish up this division here, uh, Bridget, with a grade on the New York Giants. I'm going to give them a C. I think, you know, the Giants, one of the biggest problems with them is the salary cap and the space, the money that they don't have. And I think Joe Shane, the new GM, was able to make some moves that were cheap and bring in some veterans. Um, You know, he brought in some veteran O-linemen and, you know, that provides some stability and they weren't that expensive. Um, I think, again, it's one of the problems that has been haunting them for years. How are they going to fix that offensive line? How are they going to protect yeah. Daniel Jones? Great point. I think they have what, the pick five and seven, unless the trades have already started um, in the draft. I think they have As the of this moment, to, you're correct. Five yeah. and seven. <laughs> they have the ability to make, you know, to, to draft somebody who's going to make an immediate impact and fix some of those holes that, that we're seeing. The other question is still up in the air is Saquon. Is he going to yeah. be healthy? We forget how fun he is a player to watch and such a good running back. If he can stay healthy, I think that totally changes the dynamic of this team. Yeah, I think you're right. You touched on the draft uh, situation there as we kind of switch gears here. I think the Giants offseason essentially hinges on what they do in the draft because yeah. of the nature of their uh, salary cap and how strapped they were uh, in that regard. And so that's where their their big improvements are going to come this season, especially with with high priority picks there two inside the top 10 at five and seven. I see maybe one of the best corners in the draft and sauce gardeners being an option there at five or seven. And then I'd love to get the best offensive lineman off the board there yeah. too. So I think two huge needs uh, for the New York giants. They were present at um, Mickey Aquanu's yes. pro day when I was there. And I know that, you know, if he's still on the board at offensive tackle, that'd be pretty, pretty, I think he's going to be a 
really good yeah. player for years to come. So that would be, I, you're not alone. You're not alone in that assessment. I, I hundred percent agree as do most of our draft experts here at NFL media. Uh, Jim, let's then go to the Dallas Cowboys who, you know, I've gotten really good players each of the last uh, two years in CD lamb and Micah Parsons. I mean, one was of course the defensive rookie of the year, but weren't necessarily in positions of need at the time. They were best players available um, when the Cowboys were on the clock. And Jerry Jones alluded to the fact that, you know, if there's a player like that, you know, there at 24, they, they, they do that. They follow that same strategy once again. But uh, where else could you see? What other positions could you see the uh, Cowboys kind of making a priority when we get to April 28th? Oh, I think offensive line is definitely a priority for them. Yeah. Um, look, they needed to upgrade before Connor Williams signed with Miami and Leo Collins was released, in my opinion. So yeah. they, they've got a lot of age there um, from that unit that was so dominant for so many years. So, again, I think football teams are built inside out. And I think that Dallas hopefully recognized that from the success that they had um, while this unit was together. You know, when we talk about um, how dominant, you know, Tyron Smith and, and Zach Martin and all those guys were together. So I would like to see them go there. The other thing I still think they need help with is is in their secondary. I think they can get better there. Look, for all of the plays that Diggs made, he also gave up a number of plays as well. So right. I think they need more consistency, more consistency there overall. And look, we talk about this all the time, Red. Does a pass rush make a secondary or does a secondary make a pass rush? And I still believe Dallas also needs help up front when it comes to pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, I, I'd be really curious if David Ajabo is on the board there at 24 after the ruptured Achilles tendon. I know he's not, you can't count on an immediate impact, but man, with Randy Gregory gone, you would love to eventually you know, put him out there and perhaps pair him out up with Demarcus Lawrence, a really good player at that point. But yeah, I could see offensive line certainly being a priority here for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Bridget, let's go back to you for the commanders here. We're sitting at number 11 overall, not necessarily out of the quarterback market. If their guy is there to maybe develop behind Carson Wentz, but otherwise is it all about supporting him there with that pick in the first round? Yeah. I didn't even have quarterback really on my list of what they should go for, for 11, but that is a good point. Interesting point you make, but I would say wide receiver. I think you need somebody that he can throw to and somebody has, I think the way that the draft is going, they could get a top wide receiver even at 11 um, that can make a splash. They also lost two safeties in the offseason. So I think that's a position that they wouldn't be uh, opposed to going. I don't know if their 11th pick would be the right place to go. Um, And then cornerback as well to get some support on defense. I like that. And uh, as far as receivers go, I really like Drake London as a nice compliment to what they already have. They're big, tall, physical, wide receiver, big target, contested catches. Think about the way that Carson Wentz plays the game, you know, off, oftentimes off schedule, sometimes a little bit risky. I think Drake London's a a guy that can make up for some. Yeah, that is it. Just try. Uh, I think Drake Brett is Lewis, the biggest Carson Wentz fan. I didn't know this. Hey, come on. Uh, all right, let's finish <laughs> up the draft priorities here, Jim, with the Philadelphia Eagles, who have now gone down from three first-round picks to two first-round picks. They'll go at 15 and 18 after their trade with the Saints. I think they can go in a lot of different directions here. How do you see it? I'm going to say edge uh, from this standpoint. Last year, they were 31st in sack rate. So I think they've got to find a way to get more pressure on the on the quarterback. Um, look, offensively, I think that 
they had started to put pieces around Jalen Hurts. Never Hurts to have uh, even more weapons. But I agree with you. I think they can go a number of di- different directions. But at some point, you got to make stops. And at some point, we know it's a quarterback-driven league, so you're going to have to be able to consistently pressure. And so from that standpoint, for a team that was 31st in sack rate last year, I'm going to say go get a pass rusher. Yeah, a guy like George Karloftis out of Purdue might be a choice there at 15, whereas at 18, I'm wondering if maybe they see the future at center. If this exactly. is Jason Kelsey's last year with Tyler Linderbaum, um, one of the best center prospects we've had in recent years coming out there. So a couple of names just to consider there for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Bridget, Jim, fantastic work for us uh, previewing and resetting the NFC East and NFC West rosters. Certainly appreciate your time, guys. Thanks. Thank you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report. Thanks so much for being with us. Reminder to download, rate, and review our show on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you guys being along for the ride. For our producers, Thomas Warren, Tim Parachka, and Harrison Sanford, I'm your host, Brett Lewis. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.